Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 155 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. And Michaela, this week we are taking a trip out to the movie theater to see a new to us and uh, not new to anyone else movie out there. It's one of the classics of classics. It's on the National Film Registry, uh, but you and I have never seen it. Last night we ventured out and took in My Fair Lady. We did that, yes. And I, I'm sort of, it's one of those like little known secrets. It's, it's something that you're afraid to tell people. Like, you know, I never watched Friends when it was out. I was last to the party when Sex in the City was a thing. And I've never seen My Fair Lady. But I didn't mm. realize that you had also never seen My Fair Lady. So we were, <laughs> we were in the Twinsies Club there. That's true. That's true. It's one of those uh, it's one of those things, right? Like you don't want to you don't want to let on that you've never seen these classics. But uh, same kind of thing happened around this time last year. We covered uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, you and I had never seen that. We watched it. And then out of the woodwork, you know, a bunch of fans came out and said, oh, I never have seen that either. I've been you know, meaning to watch it all these years, but could never really own up to the fact that I'd never seen it. So maybe that's the same uh, way for My Fair Lady. I don't know. Let us know. Uh, you know, uh, hit us up on social media. Let us know if you've seen it or if we're terrible uh, moviegoers for never having seen it. But I have to say last night at the movie theater, was pretty full, uh, surprising. It was a fathom events we went and saw. Um, there was a, a good mixture of uh, younger people uh, there as well as uh, older people, which you might expect, you know, from a 60 year old uh, film. But uh, yeah, it was a really good turnout for a Monday night to see My Fair Lady. And it was it was really neat to, to see it on the big screen, because as we're going to get into this film, won a lot of accolades for the way that it looks. And fair enough, it looked really good. It did look really good. Um, the costuming itself, totally amazing. Absolutely loved it. Uh, it has this very kind of Mary Poppins vibe. I felt like it was a little bit more mm -hmm, mm -hmm. less Disney-fied, obviously, but it was more like I, I loved the set direction where or the art direction where they had all the streets in London and how they managed to kind of show the different areas and what that looked like under different eyes. So if you were, you know, looking at it from Eliza Doolittle, her home is very, and the areas that she grew up around are very different when you're looking at it from the beginning to the end of the film. Really like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to get into all that stuff when we get into the uh, episode here. But before we talk about My Fair Lady, we're going to mix up a cocktail that's going to share uh, the same name and chat about that. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to whip up this week's drink. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We looked high and low, nigh and far for yes. a My Fair Lady cocktail that would do the movie justice. All the way to the plains in Spain. <laughs> All the way. The plains in Spain and the rain and the chain. Yes. Um, this cocktail. So one of the ones that we looked at, uh, which I thought was really interesting, yet sounded totally disgusting, was basically a stout um, you put like equal mm -hmm, parts mm -hmm. stout and champagne into a champagne flute and drink it. And I think that that would have asked, absolutely made me ill. Um, it just sounds horrible. If anybody's ever tried that and and we you think differently, let us know. Um, but this, 
was talking to a friend. They sent me this and I was like, hmm, this this might not be so bad. Uh, apparently, yep. th this is called the My Fair Lady and it came from Cocktail Seeker. Um, this There's a bunch of different versions of My Fair Lady. So full disclosure, when we first made this, I did not make this version of it. And uh, Brian did. And so when he was like, what do you think? I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. He's like, seriously, you liked this? <laughs> Are we talking about the same thing? And it's because... Yeah, Michaela totally hoodwinked me. Uh, she sent me this recipe that we're going to go over here from Cocktail Seeker uh, right now, which is one ounce of gin, one ounce of lemon juice, one ounce of triple sec, and a dash of orange bitters. Go ahead and uh, shake that in your uh, shaker tin, strain it uh, into a coupe or a martini glass, uh, garnish it with a uh, little lemon peel, and you're good to go. Um yeah, so that's the one that she sent me, and I made it, and I said, that is a lot of lemon juice uh, in that cocktail. Um, it's going to be very lemony forward, uh, very out of balance. Uh, the the flavors were okay, like the gin and the lemon juice and the triple sec and the orange bitters. Those flavors all marry up pretty good, but this was way out of balance with that one ounce of lemon juice. So what does Michaela do? She sends me this one and then finds herself a more delicious one to make for herself. Thank you a lot for that, Michaela. That's okay. You uh, That was probably something uh, Professor Henry Higgins would do uh, to someone, right? Uh, send them the wrong recipe uh is is what happened but that's what i made mm -hmm. um and and not not terrible but but not great i definitely wouldn't make this again but i might make what michaela made i'm sorry brian i feel really bad because when we were talking about this drink i was like mine didn't look like yours because you did all the content creation for this and i used a pink gin uh and so that's what i thought was what you were referring to and then you were like there's an ounce of lemon juice and i was like oh my god that's a lot of lemon juice and so what mine was was half an ounce of lemon juice. And instead of an ounce of triple sec, it was an ounce of simple syrup. So it was basically just a very sweetened kind of lemony gin with the orange bitters. And it was lovely. Um, I used a pink gin because the picture actually was pink. So I thought, I just assumed mm, that that's mm -hmm, what they mm -hmm. meant, even though it's not what they say in the recipe. Um, so I made a completely different drink and I am sorry. Uh, but I will say, after seeing the film, I feel like the one that you that you had, the unbalanced, very mm. sour, leaving a sour taste in your mouth. I, I feel like That's that true. really trends because at the end of that this tracks, film, I tracks. was like, what did I just watch? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, there are a lot of different variations. The one, Michaela, the one that you made is basically just the base for a French 75. Uh, so if you put a little bit of that into your uh, champagne flutes and then uh, fill that up with champagne, there are a lot of good drinks uh, in the movie, right? There's uh, there's port being drank. There's uh, whiskey uh, being drank by uh, by uh, Father Doolittle there on his way to get married. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good drinks uh, in the film. Uh, so this cocktail was, was a little bit of a miss, but not terrible. So let us know if you have another good My Fair Lady cocktail out there there's a bunch of different versions of this so mix one up let us know uh get the recipe for uh the ones we made on the website and all that stuff but uh what we need to do now Michaela, we need to go back in time 60 years back into the past to the night of the oscars when uh, lots of awards were given out to one my fair lady so we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about the film uh and we're going to talk about our experience watching it last night so sit tight and we'll be right back another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
You see this creature with her curbstone English that'll keep her in the gutter till the end of her days? Ew, what's that you say? In six months, I'll make a duchess of this draggle-tailed gutter snipe. You expect me to get into that? Spoiler warning for my fair lady. We're going to talk about all the bits in this movie. All the good, oh. all the bad. There's lots and lots of bad. So if you don't want to hear any of it, press pause. Go get yourself a My Fair Lady lemon gin thing and come back and we can chat about it. Oh, that, was, that was really good. That was really good. That was not, not Audrey Hepburn. Uh, it was uh, Michaela there. Uh, very good. Very good. Very good approximation, though, of that uh, that uh, crazy accent she's using at the uh, at the start of the film, which is probably uh, the best part of the film. She's amazing. So uh, let's talk about My Fair Lady, Michaela. This was released in 1964, and it was directed by George Cukor, and it stars Audrey Hepburn uh, as the downtrodden, uh, poor-mannered Eliza Doolittle and Rex Harrison as the self-appointed language savior, Professor Henry Higgins. So, Michaela, this was based on a play, The Pygmalion, which came out in 1913 which was then adapted into the film Pygmalion in 1938. That film spawned the six-time Tony Award-winning Broadway musical My Fair Lady, which debuted on Broadway in 1956, and then we have the film here in 1964. So six Tonys, eight Academy Awards. So uh, take that, Tony Awards. Uh, we've got uh, eight winners. Uh, we have four losers, though, on the night. Twelve nominations for the film. So it lost film editing, adapted screenplay, supporting actress for Gladys Cooper, who plays uh, Henry Higgins' mother, and uh, supporting actor for Alan J. Lerner, who plays Eliza Doolittle's father. So mom and dad both were uh, losers there on the night. Uh, it did win, however, for best sound, best scoring, best costume design color, best cinematography color, best art direction color, best actor for Rex Harrison, best director for George Cukor, and best picture of the year. That was uh, quite a mouthful uh, there. Not a mouthful of marbles, but that's okay. Professor Henry Higgins, he has more. He does. He has He has. I don't know. He has Vodafones. He has those weird, like uh, one of the scenes that I thought was really neat is they were trying to measure her vowel annotations or connotations. And they mm -hmm. were doing that with like the pen thing. And they were like, you need to make this shape doing the ow, ow, ow sounds. And it was just really interesting. I thought some of that scientific stuff, I thought that was really neat. Uh, and definitely something different than what you see on a screen or on a, at a play. Cause I've seen this as a play in Summerstock in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, about 30 years ago. And I don't remember any of that stuff. I remember a lot of marbles, but not, not any of the sciencey contraptions. Not any of the sciencey so. bits. We have to do something to fill up that three hours. And, uh, that's, that's what we get into. So let's, uh, let's talk about this movie a little bit, uh, Michaela. So, uh, you and I, as we mentioned, had never seen this. Uh, so we only knew kind of, you know, we know the, the music you and I are both, uh, you know, kind of Broadway musical, you know, semi fans, uh, for most things. So, you know, we're familiar with a bunch of these songs and, uh, you'd seen the actual uh, musical before I'd never seen uh, the actual musical, but was familiar with the music. And, uh, then of course we're familiar with the fact that it won all of these Academy awards for being just this you know monumental achievement in uh filmmaking and film history all of that stuff so that was kind of what we knew about it going into it and then it opens like a like a musical of this time period right you have kind of the overture it's showing a bunch of flowers kind of at the beginning and then uh these three ladies walk out in the most crazy costumes of all time that were good enough to win the academy award and that doesn't even take into account the rest of the costuming for the rest of the film uh pretty epic stuff pretty epic stuff and then we're on the street uh in uh london town and we're introduced to our characters pretty 
much straight away. We have the poor downtrodden Eliza Doolittle, uh, played by Audrey Hepburn. They're trying to sell flowers to the to the fancier, to the more elite people. Uh, most notably amongst them is Professor Henry Higgins, played by Rex Harrison. Uh, he's writing something down. It looks in some like hieroglyphic uh, kind of thing. Uh, and he goes on to tell everyone about how great he is at uh, phonetics. That's right phonetics so he like plays this game where i think it's really interesting because he tells everybody kind of where they're from and he's really proud of that he's like you know i can guess you know within six miles of england if you're in london i can guess within two miles and sometimes i can guess within two blocks which is really interesting um uh and and i found that piece fascinating but he's he's such a jerk about how <laughs> he's just his his superiority complex is really mm -hmm, off-putting mm -hmm. and i think that's supposed to be part of his charm we'll get to that Look at her, a prisoner of the gutters, condemned by every syllable she utters. By right, she should be taken out and hung for the cold-blooded murder of the English tongue. Heavens, what a sound. Uh, but he right, he sings this whole song Fair about enough. why can't the English learn to speak? Why don't they speak properly? Um, and he prides himself on this really cool phonetics class that, you know, this technique that he has where he can he can teach anybody to speak any any way. And, you know, you could definitely change your stature in life. Um or your status in life just by learning to speak more eloquently. Uh, mm -hmm. And in uh, he meets Mr. Pickering uh, there, and like they they kind of form this fast friendship because they're both really into phonetics. <laughs> like in the city of London, in a rainstorm, underneath this like umbrella thing, <laughs> two phoneticists like meet. Uh, I I I kind of call BS there, but that's fine. That's fine. That's right. Uh, give some credit where credit is due. It's not Mr. Pickering. It is Colonel uh, Pickering. Uh, you know, people uh, people need their titles. Uh, give them their give them their titles. Uh, yeah, and Sorry. this is this is probably the nicest that Henry uh, Higgins is. But I I do like what you're saying there, Michaela. And he he kind of makes out that point later in the film, Henry Higgins, which which is maybe the most endearing thing that he says in the entire film is that you can change someone's uh, basically status in life if you can change the way that they speak. Um, and a lot of that is true. Uh, true today, true six years ago, probably true in 1910 when this is set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the problem is, is that he thinks that, you know, if you can't speak, um, I guess that also translates to you not being able to think or be intelligent or have feelings, which uh, case in point is our Eliza Doolittle. Um, so first of all, she's the best looking like flower seller I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, Audrey Hepburn, like they do, they really try to make her look uh, very homely. They, she's got dirt all over her face. London's getting so dirty these days. Um, she's in really old raggedy clothes. She's still stunning. Um, and her accent is hilarious. It's incredibly like <laughs> it's Cockney. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I can't even tell you what it is. It's supposed to be a strong Cockney accent. Um, and so they kind of get into this, uh, Colonel Pickering and Professor Higgins get into this bet between themselves. Like, Hey, what if we took this, like a low insect of a human? Le legitimately, these are the words. I'm, I don't think I'm. I don't yeah. think I'm overstating this here, but like if we could take a cockroach and like make it sound pretty and give it a dress, do you think that that would be noticed and, and, you know, we could take it into a ball and they're like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And who is going to be this lowly thing that they try to dress up, but Eliza Doolittle. 
And then the next like 35 minutes are about like getting her to agree to this. um, And then she kind of decides that they're right in the sense that she has an opportunity here to um, Mm -hmm. elevate her station in life. And maybe she could go work in a flower shop or she could go be a lady's maid, which is still like not, you know, uh, uh, a. she wouldn't be a lady necessarily, but she would not be, you know, selling flowers for 10 quarter pence or whatever it was that they were. So she finally agrees. It's kind of a weird, I don't know, that first third of the film I found was kind of strange because they're really trying to like net out the details. And they're very clear that neither Professor Higgins nor Colonel Pickering want anything to do with her romantically. Uh, Professor Higgins does this whole song about how he just doesn't understand like he like he he's very happy to be completely ordinary and women ruin everything and he's going to just be alone and happy Higgins forgive the bluntness but if I'm to be in this business I shall be responsible for the girl I hope it's clearly understood that no advantage is to be taken of her position what that thing <laughs> sacred I assure you good uh, for you <laughs> yeah he's uh, he's just an ordinary man he says yeah for sure uh, Liza Doolittle, you know, she gets kind of that earworm, right? Uh, he says in kind of that opening uh, little like monologue and uh, song number there that he could, you know, transform her to be able to go, you know, be like a lady at a flower shop. And and maybe that kind of sits OK with her. And uh, he ends up throwing, you know, quite a bit of money into her basket there, um, you know, at, at the end of the evening. So she's going to go and uh, pay Henry Higgins a visit and say, hey, can you can you really do that? I would be happy to pay for uh, these vocal lessons if you could do that. And then, yeah, takes it on as a bit of a challenge, a bit of a, a gentleman's wager there between uh, Colonel Pickering and Henry Higgins when whether or not Eliza Doolittle would be able to pass as a lady uh, at some like uh, like governor's ball or uh, something some sort of some sort of ball the embassy ball uh, later on so they're going to you know Henry Higgins is going to put her through the paces you know you mentioned uh, she's talking into like this microphone thing it's recording her her uh, vowel sounds that's what I said A-E-R-O-U that's what I've been saying for three days and I won't say them no more got her like fucking with like marbles in her mouth she like swallows a marble and he's like that's okay i have i have plenty more but uh it's kind of this back and forth and i really like um uh kind of audrey hepburn in this role who's not doing her own singing but she has maybe like the most like like vulnerable of the songs right when she's you know, singing about uh, professor henry higgins and how much she hates him and um all of this stuff it goes on to like the rain in, in spain and stuff like that but uh but yeah it's kind of i don't know it, it's it's very strange because she turns up to take these lessons, but then uh, ends up not wanting to do them. They don't want to do the lessons, but they end up doing them. There's this whole back and forth with the maid. So it's it's very like like chaotic, this bit. And uh, you don't really know who is in this for what reasons, I guess, uh, kind of at the front for sure. But yeah, it's going to progress. And Eliza Doolittle is, in fact, going to become uh, a lady, at least in terms of <laughs> mastering the English language. Now, one of my favorite parts is kind of this halfway point where they say, hey, we, we got to do this trial run. Uh, so Higgins takes her to this Ascot race course, which is mm-hmm. uh, a real place. Uh, apparently, it's a really big deal. Um, it's kind of like, what is it called? Oh, my gosh. The one with the the one in America. Oh, the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like I was going to say the Derby, but <laughs> it's not, <laughs> that's not how you say it. Yes, it's kind of like the Kentucky Derby of uh, England, where there's this big race and everyone's everyone who's anybody is going to be there. And there are these ginormous mm-hmm. hats. And I love this scene. It definitely was my favorite um, from a, a cinematographic, choreographic kind of 
perspective, this was my favorite scene. First of all, all the costume choices. It's very, were, it's very big and epic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like very sweeping. You have these really amazing costume choices. It was all like blacks, whites, grays, and like a tinge of lavender. Um, and everybody is like stoic and stopped in like stop motion, but they're not it's not been stopped. So you can see a little bit of their movement, which I found very like akin to a theatrical kind of show. And I really loved that. It And it's got mm -hmm. all of these choruses singing about how they, you know, all they do is talk about how fast the horse is and the weather and uh, their health. And everybody's very uppity uppity and lovely. And then Eliza and Higgins show up. Uh, Higgins's mother is there and he's like, hey, can my girl, this girl that I'm with that I'm not actually with, don't make any mistake, I can't stand this person, but can she sit uh, and talk to people and see if we can get her acquainted without outing her as like this, you know, flower selling person? And, and it goes yeah. pretty well. They all thought she was dead. But my father, he kept ladling gin down her throat. Oh. Uh, I feel like it goes pretty well. She rounds, she uses her round tones and she has the, but she says some things that are pretty funny, like her aunt, she thought her aunt was murdered or something and they don't quite get it, but she does. <laughs> drowned in gin. Yeah. She just, she <laughs> drowns in gin. But then she meets a uh, Freddie Ainsford Hill played by Jeremy Brett. Um, he mm -hmm. is just enamored like immediately she could say anything and he would be like that's the most beautiful thing i've ever heard like it's actually really quite sweet we yeah. think at the beginning audrey hepburn talking about drowning in gin is okay uh to freddie here in this instance yeah this scene is amazing um the costuming is beautiful and epic uh, all the women uh look great in their dresses and they have these huge like huge like obnoxiously huge hats on which becomes like a bit of like this comedic element as all the men are like dancing around them and trying to like interact with the women and these hats keep kind of getting in their way it looks really great and the the men are all in like these like uh like soft gray like tuxedos and gloves um it looks really cool it's really funny they all have on binoculars and then the horses run in front of them like <laughs> like three feet in front of where they're standing they all have their binoculars up i love that i thought that that was that was great and yeah the the scene it, it goes pretty well right for uh eliza doolittle she does pretty good she holds her own there at that uh at that conversation uh you have uh henry higgins kind of in the back you know he's like throwing his arms up and and defeat as she's you know starting to slip back into a little bit of uh of her chatter from her uh days in the uh gutter i guess as henry higgins uh would say but she does pretty good and yeah she's going to end up uh getting freddie on the hook and kind of you know <laughs> for the rest of the film freddie's going to basically stand outside of henry higgins uh a flat there uh and you know just pine away for eliza doodle which is which is really great and really sad and very sentimentally like sends flowers he says that he writes her like a like like two pages like every day of like these these love letters that's pretty great on a side note uh per apparently uh being this uh vocal coach henry higgins must pay pretty well because henry higgins flat is the freaking bomb it is really really nice <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really great. Uh, the staircase is gorgeous. Their library, I want a library like that. I don't know. I'm going to have to sell my soul uh, to get it. I, I, I'm not, I would not be very good at a phonetics coach at all. But, uh, but his house is amazing because not only is Eliza there, but there's the housekeeper that lives there. Um, there's Colonel... Yeah, that's right. Uh, Colonel Pickering Colonel lives. Colonel Mustard. Uh, Colonel Mustard and uh, Henry Higgins. <laughs> so Colonel Pickering uh, lives there for, Pickering. for a while. Like, yeah, the maid, there's they, like a whole maid staff. There's a butler that lives there. There's like three ladies in waiting. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he's got tons of stuff. But the the I love the scene um, where Freddie ends 
Forth Hill is like, hey, I, I only on the street where you live, like just being this near to you. I mean, it's a little stalkery nowadays. Like if some guy came and sat outside my house after sending me letters three times a day, I'd probably call the cops. But I, I feel like in this instance, he's the only one that really thinks that she's amazing and that she's worthy. And that is a heck of an aphrodisiac because Eliza's like, hey, this is awesome. I, I she doesn't really know how to take it, but she's like, but she is endeared to that because all she gets from Higgins is this kind of like uh toleration of existence, right? Mm. He's such a jerk. I just, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's, oh, uh, and, yeah. and everyone tells him, oh, you don't mean that, you know, this person has feelings, you can't treat people like this, uh, and yet he continues to do it, and they continue to stay stay around him, it's really strange. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his insistence is that he's uh, not, not treating you terribly, it's just that I treat everyone terribly, uh, kind of as uh, <laughs> Professor Henry Higgins uh, things, and yeah, what's Eliza to do, right? Uh, so she's got she's got Professor Henry Higgins, who's uh, being basically a jerk to her throughout this thing, you've got Colonel Pickering, who's being you know, fairly nice to her, you know, at least treating her like a person. You've got Freddie there who's uh, pining away out in the street for uh, day and night, as it turns out. And then she also has her father. Let's talk about her father here a little bit. It's Alfred P. Doolittle. Stanley Holloway uh, plays him. He's nominated for the Academy Award. He's excellent in this role. Um, has like two, like probably of the best songs uh, in the in the film, in the musical. Uh, to sure. be completely honest, he's got uh, with a little bit of luck that he does kind of in the first act and then uh, get me to the church on time in the second act. With a little bit of luck, with a little bit of luck, someone else will do the blinking work. But yeah, we he's he's just this character that's uh, basically just, you know, riding off of the the coattails of Eliza, like even when she was just a flower girl. Right. She he goes to to get a couple pence so he can go buy himself a pint. Uh, he shows up when he finds out that she's living uh, with Professor Henry Higgins. He's going to go and basically uh, try to sell her off or get bought off uh, by Professor Henry Higgins, who, you know, offers him like even more money because he thinks he's so hilarious and then ultimately ends up, uh, you know, being <laughs> transformed into this middle class uh Working man, which he absolutely hates, uh, and I really kind of uh, like that uh, sentiment there from from him. But uh, yeah, uh, Dad, there, uh, Alfred Doolittle. What do you what do you think about the about this character here in the uh, story? I really like this dynamic. Actually, uh, I, well, I would say maybe like it's not the right word. I found it really interesting. It was probably one of the most interesting parts of this whole uh, relationships within this whole endeavor for me, because the dad very he knows authentic that, to the to the yeah their class i guess maybe i don't for know my, oh for sure because even when she's mad at him and she's like all you're gonna do is drink it she gives him a little bit of cash so that he can go and do what he does because it's her dad and she loves him and uh when she sees him again and he's like you know i've been left this money and now i you know now i'm in the middle class so i have to marry your stepmother what a bummer that's that is and like and then he's like, now I got. I'm gonna go drink away my sorrows. Somebody get me to the church on time, and they basically have to will him to the church because he's so drunk. Um, and and then he's like, uh, you don't need me. Like, and it's the one time where Eliza has left. She left the house. Um, and she actually kind of does need some sort of support. And he just looks at her and he's like, you don't need me, and I'm not gonna give you a penny. You're gonna go make your own life. And it's a really strange. But very authentic relationship, I think, because even though he's been kind of a taker, he's not gonna he's not gonna return that favor because the best favor he can give her is that confidence that she she can go out and she doesn't need anybody. Um, and so he's not gonna accept that she's gonna come back tail between her legs to the flower shop and try and sell flowers again because she's she's 
literally has rised above that station. So I kind of like that. Um, I find that whole, I don't know, 70, 80% of the way through that change that Eliza sees within herself to be really interesting as well. Um, so after the race course affair where it doesn't quite go as well as they think they practice for yet another six weeks, um, mm -hmm. And they go to this ball, and again, the costuming is amazing. Audrey Hepburn looks absolutely gorgeous. She's got that very classic white dress. Her hair is done up. She's got jewels all over her, and she's dancing around with everybody. And there's this, this guy named Colton Carpathy who's, like, running around the embassy, and he is a phonetics-trained expert. He was trained by Higgins himself, and he is, like, this imposter detector and... He's walking around trying to talk to her and figure out where she's actually from because she's not telling anybody and she's very mysterious. It's like the Cinderella moment for sure. And then he declares that she's some Hungarian princess. So they have won. Like he, they did it. Nobody knew that she's this uh, gutter snipe as Higgins calls her over and over again. And so what do they do when they get home? Do they congratulate her? Do they hug her? Do they say great job, honey, for all the work that you've done? Hell no. They talk about <laughs> no. how amazing they are. Oh, it's so infuriating. Oh. Uh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um. All alone you hurdle every obstacle in sight. Now wait. Now wait. Give credit where it's due. A lot of the glory goes to you. But you're the one who did it, who did it, who did it. As sturdy as Gibraltar, not a second did you falter. There's no doubt about it. You did it. Yeah, so they go back to his house and, you know, Henry Higgins is there. They're singing the song, you know, you did it. So it's talking, you know, he is talking about how great he is. I, like the whole like staff of the house comes in and is singing about how great he is. Uh, Colonel Pickering is there, you know, talking about how great Henry Higgins is at doing this, you know, because uh, throughout the, the course of this film, Eliza Doolittle has become more and more of kind of like this show pony almost to Henry Higgins. But I really like um, kind of in the scene within that song is you have, you know, Audrey Hepburn, who's kind of standing, you know, kind of alongside this piano behind Henry. Higgins and just gradually throughout the scene she just slowly shrinks back and back further into this corner up against you know the wall you know being you know kind of this wallflower uh type of a thing and it it's really really neat the way that they um you know kind of structured the shots and the way you know that she just kind of sinks back in there uh you know naturally throughout the throughout the course of this but eventually you know she has her her fill of it right it comes to comes to terms right professor henry higgins is like i'm going to bed and then he comes in he's like oh i need my slippers and she throws them at him and uh they have this big uh kind of kind of storming off thing and she you know, basically, you know, she's come to come to terms that Henry Higgins doesn't really view her as a person at all. Right. She was just like this, uh, this little project that he could work on to show everyone uh, how great he was. And congratulations, he did that. And this is where it got fell apart a little bit for me because Eliza leaves. Right. She goes out and uh, she has a little like interlude kind of thing with uh, Freddie. They get in a taxi. They go back to her old stomping grounds, um, you know, do a little bit, a bit of singing. Right. Uh, uh, wouldn't it be uh, loverly, you know, kind of a kind of a reprise of that and goes back in there. She sees her sees her father and goes on and she ends up going to Henry Higgins uh, mother's house. Right. Mrs. Higgins house. Right. And she's having yes. having lunch with him. And it seems like she's made like this, uh, the sort of like monumental, like, uh, you know, kind of light bulb moment. Right. Between between mom and Eliza where she's like, oh, you don't have to take that. Right. I would you know, send send my son packing if he is going to be a be a jerk. And she does that. Right. Like we think that yeah. Eliza, it's sinking well, in. <laughs> you think so anyway? I mean, I love it because she announces, she's like, I'm going to marry Freddie. 
And of course, you know, Higgins is like, what are you going to do with Freddie? Freddie doesn't have a job. Freddie doesn't have anything. And she's like, I'll work. It'll be fine. I'm going to go be Carpathy's, this, uh, that guy, Zoltan Carpathy. Uh, I'll be his assistant. I've learned everything that you've taught me. So it'll be fine. Um, you know, get, get out of here. I hate you. I never want to see you again. Goodbye. Like, and you're like, yes. I mean, I don't know. The strong, independent woman in me was like, yes. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Higgins starts to make his way home and he makes it like eight feet out of his mom's house, eight feet. And then he's like, oh, I've grown accustomed to her face, which doesn't even sound like I miss you. It just means I'm used to seeing you here. And now I don't like what? <laughs> oh, my, there's so much. I uh, so much to unpack about this. Um. Anyway, so then he's singing about how like she she you know how dare she like leave him in with these feelings that he has where he you know wanted her to be around maybe but not really because like literally an hour before he's talking about how why can't people why can't men be more like women i don't know or why can't women be more like (laughs) men i don't know it's uh, i don't know so he goes home and i guess he's really missing her because he turns on the um the gramophone where she's sounding awful um, at the beginning and they're recording her and yeah, he's like I, trying to take off his slippers or find his slippers again. Yeah. And it's just a, it's just a recording of their initial meeting. Right. Uh, so he's sitting there, uh, you know, pining away, you know, he's grown accustomed to her face and now her face is gone. So uh, he's there, you know, listen to this recording and then in she walks. Right. So she like literally like leaves mom's house and is like, I'm done with you guy and just goes straight over there. Uh, and what does he say? He's like, Go fetch my slippers or something like that. And that's how the movie ends. Where the devil are my slippers? What is, what is happening? <laughs> now, I know a lot of things have changed in 60 years, but uh, even 60 years ago. Come on. Come on, my fair lady. What are, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Maybe we have to go back to the to the Pygmalion, right? In the early 1900s. Maybe that was the, the trick there. But but yeah, like it, it felt like like. Uh, and uh, don't get me wrong, it, the the movie is great. It's it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's so like insanely well acted. It's it's monumental. It is all of those things. It is. Um, but like at the end, I'm like I'm like oh she's making this turn. She's gonna go you know be with Freddie or go do her own thing or be. But, but no, she just literally walks back and is told to fetch these slippers at the end. What? <laughs> and she smiles, Brian. She's smiling. I I don't know this. This was really hard for me because I agree with you. I think it is beautifully acted. I think that it is beautifully costumed. It's a cinematic masterpiece in so many ways. This story makes me nuts. I don't like it. I don't like the characters in it. I I think that Professor Higgins is just a complete cad. I do not like him at all. I don't see that he has any real growth. There's no accountability. There's no apology. There's no like, hey, maybe I was wrong. None of that. He's just like... I, I, why can't literally within 15 minutes of the three hour film, he goes for from why can't be women be more like men to I've grown accustomed to her face to where are my slippers? I don't understand this. My paradigm has not changed. If anything, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I have a lot of faith. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Yes. What kind of behavior? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The only only person that really goes through a change. Well, Eliza, I guess, changes uh, vocally. But now she's she's went back. She's not even going to have to go and be, you know, a a shop attendant like was what she had originally set out to do. The only person that goes through any change is dad. Right. Uh, Alfred uh, Doolittle. Uh, And he changes up into this middle class. And he he just hates that he's had to change. He's like, I hate this change that I went through. No one else changes. Everyone else is, is still the same. I like Mrs. Higgins because she's even 
even like you know throwing a bone to Eliza is like you don't put up with my son he's an idiot <laughs> you know right. but I mean she she's like the most feminist of all of them she's like put him out you have my permission to throw him out of this house if he's not nice to you I I don't know I really struggled with this ending and I don't think I have really disliked a film I don't know I I remember seeing this play when I was like 14 in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And I don't remember this ending probably mm, because okay. they probably changed it. I, d I don't know. Maybe I do remember like them coming together in the middle of the middle of the stage at the end. So they were walking towards each other. Maybe he was about to apologize or something. I, I don't really remember because it was like 30 years ago, but I mean, this I don't understand why people think this is like their favorite musical of all time. Maybe, the, I mean, from a musical standpoint, for sure, maybe, but like mm -hmm. this, th this is not, this is not good. <laughs> I'm real upset about it, Brian. I mean, we left the theater and I was like, I can't even talk about this. This is yeah. so bad. That's uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, um, it, it was a, it was a weird story. Like, like, and I, I, the movie is great. You know, we mentioned all the things that are, that are great about it. And all those are true. It's, it's very funny. They're very like, funny moments there's very quippy lines rex harrison is uh spectacular like the delivery of his lines um are are uh, incredible like it's like a masterpiece by all accounts but yeah the, the story is is just so weird i don't i don't know and like i said maybe there's something uh lost in time to the translation of time for sure that's that's the case and that's that's going to happen you look at anything six years ago there's going to be things that don't set the same as they do then but yeah it's just it's just really really weird and like like even like to the last scene like all the all the the weirdness and the dynamics between the characters could have been erased by like any anything other than that and i don't like it felt very much like rex harrison was just like i'm just gonna like like throw this line out there and they just kept it because <laughs> he thought it was yeah funny. like as a joke at the end yeah. like wouldn't yeah, it be funny for... if he didn't have any growth at all <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, yeah mm. for sure yeah so um yeah i don't know uh gorgeous it looks gorgeous the costuming is is insane um i mentioned you know kind of the the very first like shot of of the film uh it kind of goes through like this uh bit where it's just showing like close-ups of these flowers but then these three women come out and they're immaculately dressed coming out of this i don't know opera or ball or whatever they're they were at there um the costuming is, is incredible audrey hepburn is so good her accent is like so absurd um and amazing and i loved it uh she she's like like yelling at him through the thing i really like kind of her first um song where she is uh you know kind of kind of like daydreaming right uh about um <laughs> about henry higgins and like having him like shot down by the king she's gonna like woo the king and be like uh could you give me henry higgins head and that's that's really great that's that's pretty funny maybe that was uh maybe that was the way the story was meant to go michaela maybe maybe that would have been that would have been perhaps perhaps better i don't know i i think you're right i mean her her change was much more I feel like it was not only physical, but the way she stood up for herself was very different because at the beginning, immediately when they're talking about uh, she's not quite following the conversation and they're talking about pounds and she's she's like starts to cry because she's like, I don't have 50 pounds. I don't have 30 pounds like I don't have I don't have any kind of money like that. What and what are you going to do with me? And she keeps saying, like, I'm a good girl. I'm I'm not, you know, uh, that sort of girl, because there's all these weird innuendos about, hey, why are they keeping her in this house and just just to teach her to speak eh? and they're like yeah, well, yeah. no seriously 
Well, yeah, you for know. sure. It's not even like innuendo because her, her dad catches wind of that, right? That she's there living with these fancy rich people. And he's like, oh, well, there's only one reason that a girl, <laughs> right. a girl like my daughter would be at a fancy rich person's house like that. And that's, you know, what he thinks when he goes over there. So Right, right. But at the end, she just I just didn't understand the last five minutes or three minutes, really two minutes, the last minute, the last minute really threw me because he does. It, it would have been I don't know. Uh, he just he doesn't even look her way when she stops the gramophone. He puts his hat over his face and he's like, where the hell are my slippers? Yeah. What? The, what? <laughs> I'm going to cover avert my eyes so I don't even have to look at your face that I've grown accustomed to. Yeah, for sure. Um, def <laughs> definitely. That, that's my fair lady um, in a nutshell. It go see it if you've never seen it you you should watch it because it, it is a, a magical piece of of movie making um and all that stuff but but yeah just just be forewarned that uh if you if you have uh you know ties to you know any sort of empowerment like michaela you might might uh might uh take a take a turn for the worse there at the end of the <laughs> film for sure uh, but yeah it's it's kind of playing out uh we're in the theater michaela and i are like looking at each other like what is happening um but but yeah, it was. I'm very glad that we got to see it. I'm very glad that we got to see it uh, in the theater because it was it was really cool to see it on the big screen. Um, you know, bringing back all that Technicolor brightness, the the set design, like his house is insane. Um, the way they they put all that together, it felt very kind of small and play like because a lot of that takes place like within that main kind of like library room of his house there. So um, I don't know. It's it's on one hand, it's it's really good, but on on the other hand. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know what? I feel, I do feel like, um, we, we probably, you know, we're not, we don't know everything here at drink the movies. We don't, um, if we're missing something, please let us know. I would love to hear from someone who absolutely loves this film. Uh, I did come home to, to my husband and he was like, that movie's amazing. <laughs> Why? Why He's didn't you like accustomed it? accustomed to your face. <laughs> He's grown accustomed to my face. Well, that's great. <laughs> and I don't look for his slippers, just so we're clear there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I But I'd like to hear from someone who can really like eloquently explain what they love about it from the story perspective. Because, again, we, we have an appreciation here at Drink the Movies for all of the things that make it great. I mean, truly, um, we're, we're being kind of trite here, but I just... Need to un I need to understand why mm -hmm. people would would think this is even a love story because I hear that this is a romance and it doesn't feel like a romance at all, uh, like at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you know the first like two hours and fifty minutes of of the film, he basically you know says that he doesn't uh, like this girl or even like acknowledge that she's a real person really um, throughout that. But there's a there's a lot of um, inspiration from this, the way that it's that it's framed and set up. Um, you know, we talked about it just a couple weeks ago. Um, you uh, brought up there with uh, Pretty Woman uh, there at the Polo Grounds, you know, taking a lot of inspiration from that. Um, I actually got a lot of shades of uh, a story here that we're going to be talking about in terms of the Oscars. Uh, Poor Things, um, I thought, had a lot of shades of kind of the same uh, elements uh, there between uh, kind of the characters and, you know, the way that... Uh, you know, her character is being portrayed mm -hmm. um, in that film and treated, you know, kind of kind of similarly. So, yeah, a lot of inspirations throughout the time and certainly a, a gorgeous film. It's insanely well acted. It's really, really good. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, that's My Fair Lady. So let us know uh, on our social medias what you thought about that. Let us know if you make up a My Fair Lady cocktail or if you have a better one for us to try. Let us know that you can do it on our socials. It's at Drink the Movies on Instagram and X and Threads and Blue Sky and Facebook.com slash 
Drink the Movies. You can go to drinkthemovies.com if you want to see pictures of our cocktails, our movie-going experiences, uh, links to all the stuff. That's drinkthemovies.com. Stay tuned. We're going to have our Oscar uh, pick them going up here in just the next couple of days. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if you want to support the podcast further, get bonus content, all that stuff that can be done on Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash drink the movies. And we appreciate all of our patrons over there uh, so much. Let us do fun things like have a bunch of Argyle cocktails. That was pretty good last night. Did that at the movie theater. So thank you uh, to everyone there uh, on Patreon for hanging out. And Michaela, you know what helps the podcast the most though is when people like and subscribe and leave us reviews. Uh, so where should they do that? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Near Pods, uh, whatever you're listening to us on right now, the rectangle that you're holding. Uh, there's a subscribe button if you're liking what we're hearing, what you're hearing. We do two drops a week usually. Uh, sometimes we do more. It's very exciting. Um, tell us, tell <laughs> yeah. your friends, share all our bits on social media. Um, we really love doing what we're doing and we can't do it without y'all. Uh, without y'all, it's really just two people. <laughs> <laughs> really one person doing a ton of work and the other person showing up for free drinks. And I'm, I, you know, we appreciate it. We, we, we can't do it without you. So Absolutely. keep the drinks, the movies, love out there. Keep the, keep the, keep the love alive. Maybe you've grown accustomed to our voices. I don't know for sure. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that was a good one to go back to you next week. We're going to be uh, going back to uh, a more recent uh, classic, a little, uh, you know, different uh, love story as well, but one that we're definitely excited to talk about, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So going to be talking about that uh, next week. So hopefully you have a uh, safe and happy Valentine's Day. That's coming up. Uh, let us know what you thought about My Fair Lady, and we'll talk to you next time on Drink, Drink the, movies. the Movies. The difference between a lady and a flower is not how she behaves, but how she is treated. Take that, Henry Higgins. <laughs>